The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And it is Wednesday. Happy Hump Day, everybody. It's the Maryland edition of Women's Wednesday here on Brother from Another. I like to call this the Sister from Another, Mr. Edition of Brother (laughs) from Another. So, uh, of course, I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick. Uh, Thank you for having us again. And, of course, I'm with my girl, my other Maryland native, Miss Kelsey (laughs) Nicole Nelson. Tell everybody about yourself, Kelsey. Thank you so much, Rita. So glad to be here with you today, and I'm glad to be representing the best state in the country, that which is Maryland. And as I you said, know. I am Rita. <laughs> Rita is my good Baltimore sister. I'm based in D.C. Me and Rita show that D.C. and Baltimore can be friends, right? We can be friends. We do like each other, folks, from time to time. But nonetheless, sports reporter and host based here in D.C. Work with a variety of companies for TV and radio. I'm just glad to be here with you today because sports is never dull, Rita. So we, I know, have a lot to talk about and a lot to get into. Absolutely. And of course, you know me from 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. So speaking of the Maryland trend, let's continue the topic. Let's talk about our Baltimore girl, Miss Angel Reese. Yeah, man, Angel Reese, there's a reason why she's the top trending topic right now in the country. One, because she's from Baltimore. But two, she put folks on notice, folks, that Black women should and can do anything. And I'm just glad we're having this conversation, Rita. I'm a person that's been covering women's sports, you know, since the beginning. I'm not one of these newfound folks that just found out how great women's basketball is. But I'm glad Angel Reese is standing her ground, speaking her ground, even to the highest house in the country, Rita, saying, uh-uh, Dr. Biden, uh, I don't like that. <laughs> We don't do seconds in Maryland, all right? Okay. <laughs> Either you and win speaking or of you Doc, <laughs> Right. Exactly. Speaking of Dr. Biden, she was on the I Am Athlete podcast, and they talked about the situation with Dr. Biden, uh, suggesting that both teams go to the White House. And she didn't feel very happy about it. And then Dr. Biden then apologized for that. Um, and, and Angel had some thoughts about what she had to say regarding that. Even the the whole White House thing, did you sit back with your team before you responded to it? Because a lot of people loved exactly how you showed up. You showed up unapologetically. Yeah. I know you love that word right yes, now. me too. And you showed up as yourself. You didn't go out there and put some politically uh, political statement out there. Yeah, no. You said, we're not coming, period. Yeah, period. Right? Um, how calculated was that did you have people sitting around and like hey you know how should we respond no that to this? was from the heart that was from the, the the mind it was that that was what it was in the moment i mean as soon as that happened we hit the group chat like what are we doing mm. y'all, y'all trying to go like what because if y'all y'all don't we not going we not going and our my coach she's she's telling us just be patient she got this and that's mm. why she came out with that statement this morning we made a cup a, a lot of phone calls and that's why she wants to come out and apologize but at the same time the damage is I done. don't accept the. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't accept the apology because mm. of you Joe, said what you Joe said. Biden. Yeah, first the, lady, the first wife. Lady. Yeah, you said first what you lady. said and you, you meant. What I you said what I said, and like yeah. you can't go back on certain things that you you say. I mean, you felt like they they should have came because of sportsmanship, right? They can have that spot. Like we'll go to the Obamas. We'll we'll, we'll see, <laughs> see Michelle. Does, we'll see Barack. Hold on, hold on. So did did you guys speak to the first lady? No, apparently she was supposed to come to our locker room before the game, but we said no. Before the game? Yeah, they were all. she was supposed to come to our locker room and go to Iowa's locker room. I don't know if she talked to the, the lock, them. I don't know if she did. But we said we didn't want to. We didn't We didn't want her coming Why? to the locker room. I think Joe Biden had put somebody else to win a national championship. He didn't even put us on his, his bracket to get out of Baton Rouge. So I was like, bet. Oh, you weren't bet. even on the bracket. We weren't even out of No, we had... We were only, we didn't even get out of Baton Rouge. I think that he said oh, we were going to wow. lose to Michigan or something. 
So Kelsey, you know, those are her thoughts. She felt some type of way, apparently. You know, she got a lot of backlash, Dr. Joe Biden, and then she apologized. And so she's not very accepting of that apology. And look, it's her prerogative. She can do what she wants to do. Angel has already said that she is unapologetically who she is. I think that this is multi-layered because I, I, I think that Dr. Biden was trying to, I don't think that her intent was uh, of malice. Okay, but the problem that I believe is that there's a uh, difference between how we view male sports and how we view women's sports. And I think in this situation, Dr. Biden was a little bit delicate when it came to women's sports because we view women as soft, delicate and not competitors, not athletes. So it felt right to have the winners and the losers be there because they're women, because you wouldn't have done that if you if this was men's sports. So uh, for me, I think that that's the disconnect. And I I know that with the conversations of race that we've been having the past couple of days with about Angel Reese, with the situation of Caitlin Clark, that also doesn't really help what Dr. Joe Biden did, essentially. Your thoughts? I think you hit it right on the head, Rita. You know, Dr. Joe Biden, she tried to play mediator, right? She tried to play middle ground. Like, okay, she probably yeah. saw the conversation that was happening. So in her mind, you know, she tried to be a first lady. I think it'd be like, okay, let's invite them both not realizing it's the competition, Rita, and the thrill of the game. That's why these girls play. You have to earn that invitation to the White House. Rita, I live in D.C. A lot of folks would like an invitation to the White House. How do you get an <laughs> invitation to the White House? It's earned. You don't just hand them out. And I think what Angel Reese is saying is, hey, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Obama, who don't live too far from me out here in Northwest D.C., can you add about 12 extra play settings to your dining room table? Because our team wants to go there. We don't want to go where we're not welcome. And going on to the race issue that you talked about with Angel Reese, so often Black women, Black athletes have felt that they've been in spaces and places where they're not welcome. And I think Angelisa is saying we don't need that celebration. We won our championship and we rather celebrate where we are welcome, where we're celebrated and not just tolerated. And, you know, Dr. Jill Biden, she's trying to backtrack. But, you know, we hold things personal, Rita. You know, we don't forget that. <laughs> if anything, it might be ammo and fuel for this LSU squad next year. Because remember, Angelisa is a sophomore, 20 years old. And better believe they're already thinking about running it back. You know, Angel has loved what she's been able to do with this LSU program under Kim Mulkey. And so I think all that to say, I think there is a double standard. I mean, Caitlin, Caitlin Clark touched on it, and I'm so glad she did, Rita, and I've gained so much more respect for her. But Angel Reese should be able to be her full self unapologetically, and the world embrace that just like we do men. You know, in, in men's sports, you know, people like the bad guy, the villain, the one that makes, you know, everything better. And even Steph Curry, right, Rita, someone we praise when he does a little sleep move, we enjoy that, we cherish that. So why in women's collegiate sports should that not be accepted? But if anything, Angel Reese is making the game of basketball better. I mean, look at all the eyes, Rita, that we had on this game. 9.9 .9 million folks wanted to see this battle. It was like a heavyweight fight, essentially, Absolutely. in women's basketball. And I'm just glad to be around to see this because I think the women's game has been growing. The game is there. And now with the NIL deals, too, I think these athletes have been able to add more of the personalities and make a profit yes. off, you know, off of it. So shout out to the Bayou Barbie, Rita. Absolutely. I want to pay, I want to get into with the ratings that you mentioned, as we can see, 9.9 .9 million. It is the most viewed NCAA Division I women's college basketball game ever. It is the most viewed college event over on ESPN Plus, whether it was men's or women. It beats such events as uh, three of the four NCAA Elite Eight games. It beat the Daytona 500. It beat Alabama and Kansas State at the Sugar Bowl. It beat the Rose Bowl. It beat the Raiders and Steelers on Christmas Eve. And it also beat game one of the Astros and Phillies World Series. So that's how big this is. We no longer have an excuse, Kelsey, about women's sports being not important because what we heard is oh they're second to men they don't even consider it March Madness like they do men's basketball because they thought that the women's game would dilute the brand of March Madness well now that's a lie we have stats that shows that that's not true we have players now that we can follow and that we can choose sides on who it is that we like oh and the game feels like it's flowing much better than men's basketball as well I watched the men's basketball game on Monday night. Well, I watched the first half. Let me say that. And I, I had to turn it off. I had to turn it off. I was bored. I was not excited about it. It became a blowout. And I found something else to watch. 
I did not feel that way in watching the women's championship game. And now there's too many things that's included in this now for you to ignore that people are into women's sports, particularly women's basketball. And it's time to give them the respect that they deserve, in my opinion. You just said it. It's time to put some respect on the name of women's basketball. As you said, a lot of us watch the men's game. Some would call it a snooze fest. I mean, obviously, UConn, you can debate or debate your mama, whoever you want to debate, if they're a blue blood <laughs> or not. But all that to say, you know, San Diego State, to me, Rita, they just weren't up to par. They weren't up to competition. And so it just wasn't as good of a game. You know, you want those back and forth games in a championship game. We watched the women. We watched LSU put up 102 points, folks. I mean, talk about an offensive game against one of the best basketball players in the country. Like you said, that game was so much more thrilling and exciting. And mind you, Rita, they got us to do that at 3.30 p.m. on a Sunday. Like, I mean, that, that takes a lot to do that. Sundays are the days when those people are relaxing, when they're chilling, you know, doing your laundry, doing your <laughs> Yes, we brunch over here in Maryland, folks. But all yes. that to say, Rita, I think that just about the evolution of the women's game and where it is now and how these players are so important. I mean, already we're talking about the rematch between Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese. I mean, we're excited about this. I think there's going to be so many new eyes on women's collegiate basketball. You know, luckily me and you being in Maryland, we've got to see great women's basketball in the University of Maryland. But now I think folks are seeing it all across the country. And as you said, they beat out top events. I mean, they beat out MLS, Major League Soccer game. They literally beat out everything. I think now networks too are going to make sure that they are on prime time. I think now we have to talk about Rita putting them in bigger, uh, bigger arenas to, to play yes. in, right? I mean, because the women's yes. game, the ticket prices are going to be more expensive. I mean, there's so many different things that are going to just parachute off of what we saw, the greatness that we saw in, in the game. And I mean, we've had everybody talking about. I mean, Lil Wayne is offering mixtape, mixtape tracks. I mean, we've got Lil Wayne out of a mini retirement. That's what the women's game is doing. That's no disrespect to the men's game that we watch. And you know, and of course, congrats to UConn. I mean, what they were able to do this year truly magnificent and exciting. But I think we saw better men's games earlier in the tour tournament, yes. right? We had the buzzer beater prior. That was exciting. But yeah, the, the final game. I mean, nobody was really talking about it. That's why we're still having this conversation about Angel Reese about LSU, and yes, that's why the Bayou Barbie merchandise is still continuing to sell. And there's so many different other, you know, contributors and, and components to this, right? Because you got Aaliyah Boston, and then you, you got Haley, right. and Dawn Staley, and add the fact that these young ladies do not have to leave college right away. They can, they have an extra year eligibility because of COVID, so they can stay an, an extra year to that. They have NIL deals that allows them to stay on the college level for as long as they can. Um, and, and so it, to me, just does nothing but propel this women's basketball game. And I love what Caitlin Clark was saying, you know, on uh, Outside the Lines on ESPN. She did an interview there and she talked about, you know, how this has put this game on the map and how important it is for understanding how competitive women's basketball is. She also said she had no issue with what Angel had done. And I'm glad that she said that because it should put to rest what was a non-issue as far as I'm concerned. It was a non-issue. It should put to rest everything that people have had to say the last couple of days about Reese's actions. I don't think that it was necessary. I think that a lot of grown adults had a lot of opinions about a, a, a young woman, a very young woman still in college and speaking as if she's a grown adult, which is very weird to me, by the way. Um, but ultimately, you know, if, if Caitlin's allowed to be her authentic self, so should Angel. And I'm glad that she spoke on that. And I'm glad that she said, hey, listen, this is a competitive sport. This is what we do. As a matter of fact, they were going back and forth at it when she was at Maryland a couple of years ago. This is not new yeah. for them. This is just new to y'all because you just showed up to the women's basketball party. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. That's what happens when you sleep on women's basketball. You haven't seen yep. the competitors that these have been. As you said, Angel Reese started at the University of Maryland. Her and Caitlin yep. Clark were going at it then. That's what top athletes do. And as you said, I've had so many problems with some of the names that Angel Reese has been called. As you said, a 22-year-old 20 year old sophomore at LSU University, a student athlete. And we've heard so many derogatory, nasty, negative yes. comments against her. Enough is enough. And I honestly feel like apologies need to be put out there. You know, if I'm Angel Reese's mom, I'm having a lot of problems. I mean, Rita, we're talking about we heard who raised this child. I mean, really? 
really? This is a competitive basketball game. I mean, she just gave us some of the best basketball that we've seen from rebounding to the double doubles. I mean, she's gotten so many people on this bandwagon, even more so of watching women's sports and women's greatness. And Caitlin Clark, I think, is just saying, hey, if I don't take offense to it, I, re- I don't really understand what all the hoopla is about. I mean, I'm on the basketball court. She did that. And if anything, hey, I'll be back next year and try to go back and compete for that title I was trying to do next year. But also, I think we have to talk about some of the nasty comments that were also said in that arena, Rita. I mean, we've heard people talk about being that arena, watching that game and just hearing from fans racial comments. I have to say this, Rita, wake up, America. Race does matter in sports. We're not a post-racial society. People see Angel Reese, a beautiful, tall, 6'3", dark-skinned chocolate girl. And even though she's amazing and incredible, it's like, unfortunately, Rita, some people can't look past that. And to see she's an athlete. She is an athlete at the top and highest of levels. She makes her teammates better. There's so much praise about her. That's why Kim Mulkey, her head coach, sings her highest praises. And she's a sophomore. We have so much good basketball left. But what I will say, I'm even more excited, Rita, about this propelling to the WNBA. We've got the WNBA draft next week. This talent is hopefully going there. You talked about Aaliyah Boston. She's projected to be the first pick. Going back to University of Maryland, you have Diamond Miller expected to be the second pick. And I think that's what we want. You know, don't just watch the women's basketball game for the championship. How can we continue to get these eyes on the WNBA game? Keep the fans part of the professional game so we can also grow that league. I know we're going to talk about this later in the show, but especially now that the NBA, CBA talks about NBA players, Rita, having that option, right, to invest as minority yes. owners in the WBA. I think this is just such an exciting time for women's sports. And if you're not on now, you better get on now. And these NIL deals, I'm telling you, every company should be calling these ladies up because now is the time to make the money. Absolutely, because they have really progressed and grown this the sport. And I think that that's something that should be said here and, and you know, celebrated. Um, this is really a big feat for them. And to be able to probably see them again and potentially back where we started last year, you know, <laughs> go over into to 2023, 2024 season. I'm excited. I have not been excited about like when I can view another women's college basketball game. <laughs> I don't think ever. I don't think. But now <laughs> there's storylines. Now there's competition. Now that we have names and players that we can identify with, that makes a complete difference for all of this. And that's the part that I'm extremely excited about. I really hope that Angel continues to be her authentic self. And look, I hope Caitlyn does too. I have a problem with nothing that neither one of these ladies did. When it's in the battle, At all. it won't do what you're going to do. It is what it is. And they were <laughs> out there having fun, being competitive. We have no problem when Steph Curry lullabies people to sleep or yeah. when it does yeah. these things. Don't allow your thoughts on women in general to affect the competitiveness about women in sports. They should be allowed to do the exact same things and they should be able to have fun in doing so in winning a championship the way that LSU did against Iowa. Exactly. Ladies can trash talk too, all right? And we do it a lot. If you play the competitive sport, it happens. It's why you want to get back on the basketball court. It's why if you play basketball, especially in the city, you have to earn the right to stay on the court. And a lot of things are said about that. But as you said, Rita, if anything, we're, we're looking forward to college basketball next season. All of us are going to be waiting for them schedules to drop. We're trying to look at when these matchups happen. And we're going to have so <laughs> many more fans, you know. <laughs> all of us, we're going to be traveling to games in packs. I mean, I think it's going to be really fun arenas now to watch these women play and compete at the highest level. And even more so, think about the young girls now. They're going to watch them and say, I want to be like them too. And yes. fill these arenas and have to supporting me. I, I'm extremely excited. When we come back, we'll talk to uh, Vinny Goodwill, our good friend, about some NBA. But I'm excited. I'm a Gator fan, by the way. I should not be rooting for LSU. <laughs> but I'm a root for the Baltimore girl and I'm a root for the Brown girls all day long. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There we go. <laughs> the MVP race is over. I, I, I'm really like tonight. We had we couldn't make shots. We had guys making shots uh, with open shots. The man just scored half our points in the NBA game. Um, and I'm biased, but the MVP race is over.
All right. Welcome back to Brother from Another. We're joined by our good friend, Mr. Vinny Goodwill, NBA senior writer for Yahoo Sports. And Vinny, we just heard it from 76ers head coach Doc Rivers. He said, no need to debate, no need to talk anymore. It's over. Joel Embiid just did what he did. Are you feeling Doc Rivers? Is it over yet? I mean, has he, it's a recency bias, some folks would say, Vinny, but Joel Embiid straight bowled out the other night. So he feels like, hey, it's finally his year to get the MVP. Well, Doc Rivers had some 3-1 leads, and he probably thought them series was over, and they came, teams came back on him. So I don't know if I'd be trusting Oops. his words right about now. <laughs> but <laughs> but my vote came out with the fire. <laughs> it was kind of just sitting out there. I didn't mean anything by it. I don't no. know. That was, that was oof. You took, you took a, a shot just now. A straight shot. <laughs> I play a jerk on TV sometimes. I'm not one in real life, trust me. No, I think um, I think the momentum is carrying towards Joel Embiid. Like when you look at a game on national TV, you know, 50 points against the Celtics, and they needed every last one of those buckets that he got them. You look over there, uh, Nikola Jokic, his players slowed down. The national discussion honestly started on the topic of race and stat padding. It was almost the thing that sort of turned everything back into Joel Embiid's favor. Quietly, though, why have we forgotten about Giannis? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how the, the best, best player in the world, <laughs> the best player in the world on, on the best team, how we've managed to forget about him. But if you're asking me if a lot of people are going to wind up voting for Joel Embiid, probably right. Yeah, you talked about that in your article uh, on Yahoo and about Giannis saying, look, I, if me saying that I don't care, that, that would be a lie because that means I'm not being competitive. I'm paraphrasing, of course. And so I completely understand the logic. And I do think that he needs to be still a part of this conversation because he still is the one of the best players, if not right now, the best player in the NBA. But I would have really have liked to see Joel Embiid play the Nuggets and then that's the game he sat out. And so, I listen, I completely understand. What he did the other night is fantastic. And I'm not, I'm not taking away from that night or anything else that he's done this year. But wouldn't you want to see him go up against the guy that he's supposed to be in the MVP conversation with? Why? You know, I'm sorry. I'm side-eyeing that. Just, just a little bit. <laughs> No, I don't think you're wrong. And I, I think it's a natural question to ask. If you're going to put all this weight on one game, if you're going to put all this weight on this 50-point performance on national TV, then you can put the same amount of weight on a game that he didn't play against Nikola Jokic. And yeah, his yep. Achilles was hurting and everything else. But you knew that man wanted his get back. He wanted his get back on his home floor at altitude in Denver and everything that goes along with that. He owed the game that. Even if you're not at your best and you and the, the staff is telling you not to play, there's certain things that are bigger than just one game. So if you're going to put the weight on the 50-point game, I have zero problem with a voter saying, you know what, even if you didn't go out there and compete, I have a, I have a huge problem with that. So no, I'm completely with you. Again, my vote is not settled yet. <laughs> I will not be making my vote until Sunday. That's like that's like putting your outfit out for a black tie event. Do y'all put y'all dresses out until y'all have to? Because I don't know about y'all. I'll wait to the last minute before I pick up my outfit. You can do that when you yeah. when you don't know if you can fit the if, if you know that you can fit your clothes, you can do that. I gotta make sure I can fit the clothes I'm wearing, friend. It's a little you're, different you're, you're with women. Right. Yeah. I'm going and to leave know, that all the way alone and let y'all have that discussion amongst yourselves. He's, Vinny is a very smart man, a very smart man at that. And you know, <laughs> and talking about picking outfits and picking clothes, let's head out to Denver. So the other person that we haven't talked about a lot in this three-headed race for MVP, we know you said your boat's not in yet, but Nikola Jokic, right? We know he's coming back from the calf soreness. But people saying, hey, if it is a recency bias, and we look at the last game that he's played, struggled somewhat, even though you could say Vinny, right? He's not 100%, but, you know, you're struggling against a struggling team in Houston. Folks are saying that he's been canceled out. What I mean, what say you, Vinny? I mean, is Nikola Jokic still a factor to get MVP? Absolutely. I, I think anybody that uses recency bias in a six-month schedule and they use one game or two games or a week as opposed to a body of work, they're completely idiotic and totally unfair, right? Like, I'm not a person that says Nikola Jokic is old the MVP because of the advanced stats or because of some of the other stuff, but I'm also not a person that says, oh, you got to X him out because this he had a bad game here or his team isn't playing well. If I'm the Nuggets, I'm far more concerned 
with how my team is looking going into the playoffs. You want to play your best basketball heading into the last couple of weeks of the season. This isn't like years past where you sort of drag toward the end of the season. Every game sort of matters, whether it's establishing rhythm or establishing your playoff seating. So while, yes, Nikola Jokic's MVP candidacy is up there, the Denver Nuggets got to get their ish together and get it together quickly. I do not um, envy you for having to make this type of decision. <laughs> Um, you know, because I, I can't imagine, you know, how, what, you know, barometer you're going to use to try to pick, but good luck to you, my friend. Uh, that's that I black, black tux, black tux or blue tux. Either way, it's a tux and I'm going to look good in it. It, it ain't really right. that hard. Trust me. Good and point. you can't go wrong with dark colors. Can't go wrong with dark colors. All right. Switching yeah, from the MVP, <laughs> switching from the MVP race. The other big thing. Thing that basketball fans are talking about, Vinny, is the CBA, Collective Bargaining Agreement, this new one that's put out there. We've been hearing these rumors all about it, and lots of folks are talking, all right? The Twitter streets are talking all about this. One of the things I think that's been most exciting for folks is just the league potentially allowing investments in U.S. gambling and cannabis. And this is something that's unprecedented, right? I mean, for the NBA, you think about the past of the NBA and some players who might've gotten in trouble with some things, but now all of a sudden it seems like they're embracing this new norm that we're living in. So Vinny, as someone that's covered basketball for a long time, what do you think about this and how can this help propel the game of basketball? Well, you're not going to say I covered the game for a long time. Like you're trying to say I'm old. First off, like you got to back that up a couple of, a couple I'm of steps. I'm giving you your credit, Vinny. I'm giving <laughs> you your credit. It's okay. Join the old people crew. It's okay, Vinny. It's fun for me. Okay? Ain't nobody, ain't nobody old, ain't, ain't nobody, that makes me sound even older, seasoned veteran, that's two <laughs> words that says old, but no, I, I think one, the most important thing is, like, they stopped drug testing for marijuana, like, that's a pretty huge thing, they stopped that right before uh, the yeah. bubble in 2020, and they haven't gone back into that space, I think that's a huge shift, especially considering where the league was in the 80s, suspending players for drug violations, they suspended players for drug violations as recently as a couple of years ago. So it's good to see that shift. Now, as far as the shift, in, as far as gambling, investing in gambling, that's a bit more tricky on my yeah. part. Because remember, and you ladies are, are very close to the D.C. area. And although it didn't right. happen in D.C., when a, when a fan confronted Bradley Beal, for reasons I have, I have yet to understand why, confronted Bradley Beal about not reaching a parlay or whatever it was, like you don't want the fans to feel like the players are influencing them or are not necessarily being influenced, but you know, fans can be heavily influenced by whatever person they see on their TV screen, especially when it comes to gambling. They don't need any extra gas, but they're going to get the extra gas. I have zero problem with the equity of players investing in investment funds that will wind up investing in teams. I have zero problem with investing into like the cannabis thing. I think the gambling is a little bit tricky, a little bit murkier. Not that they're going to walk it back, but I do think it's something that players have to be careful about and that the league has to be careful about. I know they want to embrace the spirit of gambling. The NFL thrives off of it. Baseball has thrived off of it. But you have yeah. to be very careful about the tacit relationship. You want to date gambling. You don't want to get in a relationship yeah. with gambling and wake up in the morning with it. Yeah, I, I, I don't like it at all. I'm going to be quite frank. I don't like it at all. I think that um, it's a, t a very touchy subject where any wrong move, and it could be a very small, minuscule move, could be uh, viewed as a big deal. Um, so I think that that's one conflict that they of interest. Should. It's yeah, a potential yeah, conflict. It, it, you it, think it's a conflict of interest. Conflict. It's a complete conflict of interest. I don't like it. Um, but nonetheless, that's something they'd agreed on. I do love the investment of WNBA, however. Uh, we talked yes. about we talked about the, the the college game, and eventually we would like to hope that those girls are going to move into the WNBA arenas. And so you want to see it be grown and built into what it is. There's talent there. It's good basketball and WNBA. The problem is just something is missing. I don't know what it is. It's just something's missing. But I do feel like having NBA players invest in WNBA could potentially really be a good thing for the WNBA, and it will allow them to grow and be, you know, the arena that we think that they can be, some, similar to what we're seeing in terms of the rise of women's college basketball. Yeah, I think the important thing to remember is, like, we may not like the college institutions as institutions, right? But there is something familiar with them. Like, you know LSU, you know Connecticut, you know Tennessee. There's a brand marriage that happens 
when you have a Caitlin Clark, when you had a Maya Moore, when you've had a Shamika Holesclaw from back in the day, like when those two marriages happen where you don't know a life without the WNBA teams, and then you add players that you've seen grow from the college game to the pro game as a minor league feeder system into the major leagues, then it becomes more familiar. Then it becomes more part of your natural thought process of, oh, I'm going from watching, quote unquote, March Madness for the women to watching summer basketball in the WNBA. It takes time. And sometimes it takes a longer time than we want to remember. The NBA was on tape delay in the early 80s until Magic and Bird got there. But I do think that, like it or not, we like to see black versus white in our sports. And sometimes that brings about some really uncomfortable conversations, some really uncomfortable feelings, as we've seen in this whole uh, Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark thing. But it brings a lot of eyeballs. It brings a lot of casual fans in. And you want to bring the casual fans who sometimes bring things that we don't necessarily like, but they also bring money. That's the one mm-hmm. thing that I think works from what we saw the other day. Yes, it became a lot of underlying racial issues with what happened, but it brought eyeballs. And honestly, what right. do they say? Uh, bad press is better than no press at all. I mean, look, if, if right. that's what's going to people watching, I honestly hope that she see walk over some stuff as, as far as I'm concerned. Do whatever it is <laughs> do. But if it's going to get people to watch, then what's the issue? You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's, it's entertainment. And you want to get people to feel like that they're invested in the product through some way or another. I don't know about y'all, but whenever there was a black coach in the NFL, it could have been a bad black coach. I'm rooting for the black, right. black coach and the black quarterback. Why? Because <laughs> of very <laughs> Yeah. Right? It's, it's the Easter Ray. Herman was everybody Herman. black. <laughs> right. Herm Edwards was like the guy that I was like, man, I don't know if Herm is good or not. But you know what? He's coaching the Jets, and I maybe want the Jets to win, that sort of thing. So you can see it on all ends of the spectrum. People kind of want to see themselves in what their sports is. And it's not to say make it all one way or all the other way, but if people want to see themselves in that way, people want to see Caitlin Clark, you know, styling on everybody, absolutely. It's fun. It's entertaining. And you also can understand when other people feel slighted and feel like the attention is not, you know, spread out exorbitantly, you know what I'm saying, no, equitably, you know what I mean? That creates some competitive tension. There's nothing wrong with, nothing wrong rather with competitive tension because it created a pretty cool final four weekend for the women in ways that we haven't seen in a very, very long time. Exactly right. And that's why we're still having this comp- this conversation on the competition that's happening. I mean, Angel Reese has probably been the top thing trending all week long. And don't see that dying down anytime soon. And Vinny, you hit on it. You know, this race wars that people like to make. This country was founded upon race. It's not going anywhere soon. We like the David versus Goliath. And I think what we saw there is, like you said, I mean, it really became a race battle, black versus white. You see this LSU team, you see the Iowa team. But at the end of the day, you guys hit the nail on the head. It brought eyeballs to the game. And now we're already excited about the future of women's college basketball, which makes me excited. It's not necessarily black versus white. Hold on. It's not exactly black versus white. Because Kim Mulkey is the coach of LSU, and she reminds me of Corella DeMille on 101 (laughs) Dalmatians, the animated animated version. (laughs) Give me those puppies. <laughs> but then he brought up a really good point, Rita, right? And, and Kim Mulkey, because she has a very problematic background for a lot of folks, right? Essentially. Yes. But people kind of, I think, slid that to the back of their minds because they like Angel Reese, because they like these players on this LSU squad. But I mean, we look at Kim Mulkey, we can go back to the Brittany Griner situation, we can go back to the sexual assault allegations right at Baylor University and her yep. stance on that and when you look at a coach in leadership some people would say hey she might be a great basketball coach but where's the leadership where did, when does she truly stand up for her black players who are black people in this country when they take off that uniform so so much there and so much we can dive into but really quickly Vinny before we let you go going quickly back to the NBA and eyeballs load management we know has been a big question in the NBA and this new CBA I think tries to kind of at least touch on that as we look at player awards, so we're hearing that players must now play in at least 65 games, right, to be eligible for major individual awards, including all NBA. Quickly, Vinny, did you like this or not? I mean, do you feel like it's the right step that needs to be taken to kind of somewhat address what we've seen fans complaining about as they want to see their favorite players play? Yeah, it, it's. I don't think it's going to be a cut and dry thing. I, I think it'll be a case by case basis. I wonder if it will somehow go to arbitration if players are voted on it. I don't think it's necessarily either you play 65 games or you're not eligible at all. I think there's a little more legalese, a little more gray area 
But I do agree that because there seems to be a perception of the problem, the problem has to be addressed in black and white. And I do I do like the fact that they at least attempted to, even if not perfect, they at least tried to. And I can applaud them for that, at least in the meantime, before a problem comes up. Because there's going to be a problem that comes up when your favorite player or, or your guy plays 64 games and he should be MVP or something like that. You know what I mean? Like something's going to come up and we're going to have to work around that. Before we let you go, Andrew Wiggins makes his return. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, obviously, I think that this makes the Warriors clearly a better team with him being there. But, you know, with all of the rumors circling around about what his absence was for and things, how good is it to see him uh, coming back to the NBA? Man, people are so foul. <laughs> like, like, we couldn't take, yes. we, we can't foul. take a player's word. We can't take a player's word or a team's word, if it was acceptable for the team, if it was acceptable for the players in that locker room, believe you me, if the players felt like the reason was not suitable, they would have found out to get some way to get it out and to t let the media know. But because they supported him, the team support, remember the team is paying him over $100 million and has paid him over, you know, in an exorbitant amount. They could have felt like, hey, we need a return on our investment. We're in this battle to try, try to get back to back championships and they've supported them. So sometimes the TMZ part of us, we want to sort of get to the meat of everything. We want to sort of, you know, we want to get to the T and sometimes there's no T. Sometimes we just shut the hell up. <laughs> I don't know how I could say that better, uh, you know, because it's none of our business at the end of the day. What happens is none of our business. And so if whatever he's going through, we should just really just be concerned that he's okay from an emotional, mental standpoint and nothing right. else really. I, I am not sure how we got to that point, but, you know, this is what we do in today's world. But ultimately, I do think that, you know, the Warriors clearly are, are happy to have him back because they're in a race in terms of seeding at this point. Are the Lakers only a half game back? Is that, am I tripping? Yeah. They're on it. Yep, half, 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 half game back with three games left. The Lakers play the Clippers tonight and probably yeah. the biggest oh, game yeah. in the history of, of that rivalry that's not a rivalry. So, yeah, it, we're, we're going I'm I'm to be staying up. I'm going to be staying up late. To, to watch that nonsense tonight. <laughs> well, yes. thank you so much, Vinny. We so appreciated having you, your MBA insight. We're excited to have you back in the future. Thanks so much for your time. Hey, appreciate y'all. Y'all doing great work today. Thank you, thank you. Until next time. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And joining us right now to talk about this debacle that's going on, uh, Aaron Rodgers potentially going to the 49ers. Okay, let's talk more about it. Join with us now is my girl, Natasha Paul from the I'm Set podcast. Thank you so much for joining this Women's Wednesday edition of Brother from Another. Thank you guys for having me. So let's talk about it. Aaron Rodgers is supposed to be a Jet. That's all we've been hearing about. He's going to be a Jet. The Jets, uh, excuse me, the Packers have said that they are not asking for a first-round draft pick. Feels like a slam-dunk thing, right? Here comes the 49ers right. putting their hat in the ring saying, hmm, well, maybe we could use a quarterback. Now, I want to be clear that I don't think that the 49ers have a lot of cap space. From what I understand, it's about $3 million. So I don't know how that's going to work. But when you look at their roster, obviously they were in the NFC Championship game with Brock Purdy, who eventually exited the game with an uh, injury. So what do you like about this situation? Do you prefer Aaron Rodgers as a Jet? Do you keep him in the conference? of the NFC with the 49ers, which obviously is something that we do have to, to, to make sure that we discuss because if you're the Packers, that doesn't benefit you any, but you know, nonetheless, right. it's all about who's gonna give you the most in return. Where do you think Aaron Rodgers goes? Or does, does he stay in Green Bay even? Well, if I'm the Jets, I'm feeling really salty because they have bent over backwards trying to sign everybody and their mother that Aaron Rodgers would possibly have suggested, you know, they signed Alan Lazard. We heard they were trying to send, sign Randall Cobb, Mercedes Lewis, you know, like I said, everybody they can get on the table to make Aaron Rodgers happy. 
So now here comes the 49ers. And like you said, I just don't see that happening. You know, the 49ers and the Packers, first of all, don't have a good history. Right. And secondly, how it, how are they even going to make it possible to make that trade happen? As far as I know, the 49ers don't even have any first-round picks. I know they the, the Packers say they're not asking for first-round first picks, but they don't have anything to really bring to the table except like some third-round picks, I think it is. So, I mean, what is that going to do? So I think in the long term, Aaron Rodgers will end up with the Jets. I think maybe the Packers are trying to play their cards so that the the Jets will remove that 20, I think it's a 2025 conditional pick should Aaron Rodgers decide to retire magically because you never know what Aaron Rodgers wants to do from Sunday to Monday, to be honest. I just have to say this about Aaron Rodgers. I'm tired of talking about him, Rita and Natasha. I mean, whether it's his feed or his dark hideouts, and now we have to talk about how long he's making the Jets wait. And let's be honest, Jets fans out of any fans, they're tired of waiting. They want greatness in this organization. I mean, sick and tired of being sick and tired. And last year, you know, when they started to have some success, then they had that quarterback drama. And you thought they wanted to get away from quarterback drama, but i.e. insert Aaron Rodgers and we're having this conversation now and like you said the 49ers we don't have much to offer like you said some third round picks potentially maybe a future first rounder we're looking at the future draft in 2024 but all that to say you know you said Aaron Rodgers happy and it's actually made me think I don't think we've, we've seen Aaron Rodgers happy you know it's always something wrong the Packers couldn't keep him happy obviously something's not keeping him happy with the Jets that's why we're still here and, and they haven't been able to make sides meet so all that being said I mean Aaron Rodgers you know he even talked about it he said before he went that dark hole Rita and Natasha 90% chance that he was going to retire like a 90% chance that he was just going to walk Walk away from the game and be done. But that's not Aaron Rodgers. He loves this. He loves us talking about him. So, I mean, Natasha, just going off of that, and what's the perfect situation for Aaron Rodgers? I mean, is there anything else that the Jets can do to make him happy? I mean, or, or what steps does Aaron Rodgers need to take to make himself happy? Um, maybe go in another dark hole. I'm not really sure <laughs> because like, like you said, it's really, really hard to make this man happy. And if I'm the Jets, I'm really cautious about Aaron Rodgers to begin with, because what we've seen with Aaron Rodgers in the past and even last season is he's pointing fingers at everybody but himself. So you're coming, let's say he does go to the Jets organization. Now it's a young team. They got a y- lot of young players and what they're going to get from Aaron Rodgers is exactly what happened in Green Bay last season. If things don't go exactly his way and, you know, the ball's not dropping exactly where he wants it to and, you know, the stars don't align, it's going to be, well, he didn't do this and he didn't do that and the defense didn't do that. And these are really young guys who are impressionable. They are. So they they need a leader, not somebody who's going to be pointing fingers at them. Well, there is a potential another quarterback in the market and that is Patriots Mac Jones now listen I I don't know where this is going to go because Aaron Rodgers obviously is in the Packers are are not really on the same page in terms of how they want to depart here but uh, Mac Jones allegedly is on the chopping block or excuse me the trade block uh I I don't know how you feel about that. I, my thoughts are Mac Jones shouldn't have been a first round uh, draft pick to begin with. <laughs> like, what do I know? I just watch college football and I see guys that I don't think are that good. But that's just me. Uh, <laughs> do you think that Mac Jones could potentially be someone that can contribute to a football team like the 49ers that's clearly loaded um, at talent and that they just really need a game manager at that point? Um, not right now, not Mac Jones right now. Maybe, maybe the first year Mac Jones when he had all that swag and he was throwing for almost 4,000 yards and, you know, putting up the numbers. But last season was a significant decline. And whatever happened between him and Bill got in Mac's head. And, you know, Emperor Palpatine has managed to basically. I I don't know what he did to this kid, but you are absolutely right. Mac should not have been a first round pick. I don't even know how he managed to get to the, the, um, the Pro Bowl like that, but okay, he did it. Good for him. You can't take anything away from people, what they do. But at the end of the day, I don't see how Mac Jones can come from that from last season and just make a significant recovery back to Mac Jones of 2021. 
And just bouncing off of that, like you said, I mean, Mac Jones gave us a little a little thrill, like you said. And then we saw the Mac Jones that I think we knew, the one that why you right. said he should have been a first rounder, kind of more the same. Obviously, there's some dysfunction there. Now, you can also look at who he had running the offense in New England. But again, not just pointing fingers at everyone. But all that to say, as we look at New England, right, and we look at the AFC East, right, you look at the Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins. We just talked about the Jets. Quarterback play is good. Yeah going to matter. I mean, Bill Belichick's going to have to get it done without Brady. Brady's no longer available. So whether it's Mac, we saw Bailey Zappi last year. I mean, what are the Patriots going to do? I mean, Natasha, they added all these great offensive weapons, but they're going to need somebody to throw the ball to them, somebody that is reliable. So what's the future look like in New England if Mac Jones is potentially on the on the trade block? And before Natasha responds to that, remember, Meek Mill apparently went to Robert Kraft and said, I was just about to say, to Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson said he'll be a Patriot, even though Asante Samuel said, nah, you don't really want to go there. That ain't what you want to do. But, I mean, essentially, could they be trying to move on to get a guy like Lamar Jackson? Like a Lamar, yeah. I mean, Lamar Jackson would be great anywhere, let's be honest. But does Lamar want to play for Bill Belichick? You know, Tom Brady did it for all those re- all those years because they were winning. They, they were winning. So it's easy to, to deal with a crappy boss if you're winning. Like, okay, whatever, I'll deal with the, the BS and I'm still going to get the ring at the end of the year. But what's going to happen if, like they say, Lamar goes into New England and does end up playing for the Patriots and Bill Belichick? He's going to end up having to have all these expectations immediately. Like, we need you to be Lamar Jackson and take us all the way immediately. You know, we there's, there's going to be no room for error for him. So I just don't see that being a good look for Lamar. Maybe Lamar is okay with that kind of pressure. I mean, the kid is special. So maybe he's okay with going and living that kind of life. And maybe he he believes in himself. He could say, okay, I'm going to win, so I'm going to be like Brady. Like, it doesn't matter if my boss is crappy because I'm going to be winning anyway. But for the Patriots, <laughs> for the Patriots, what, what they really should have done is just, you know, maybe – not created that bad blood with Mac Jones. Try to, to like you say, develop him. You know, it's only been two seasons. It's literally yeah. only been two right. seasons and they're already walking away from him, which is just crazy. Now, back to what you said, Kelsey, they have had a lot of turnover when it comes to their offensive coordinator, their QB coach. And, and now we have Bill oh. O'Brien who's back there. And let, say what you want to say about Bill. He did a really good job with Bryce Young. He, you know, he had Deshaun Watson, was able to develop him as well. So now we're coming back to the Patriots. Maybe you can say, okay, Bill O'Brien can do something with Mac Jones. But who's going to, we're probably never going to see that because there's too much, there's too much beef already happening in New England. I do think that this is some a conversation to be had, though, because, you know, while we're talking, you mentioned Bryce Young, and obviously he's coming out of the draft. And while Bryce Young is one of the, I, I, I guess, five guys that people have really, you know, harped on or, or four top four guys there are other guys in the draft that the, that the new england patriots can go to there's hendon hooker mm-hmm. there's tanner mckee um there's max duggan so they're not really in a position to get one of the top four i don't think but i do think that there's mm-hmm. other guys in the draft that they could potentially go to and say this guy could probably be a better player I, i'm a big fan of hooker and i think that if he doesn't tear his knee I think that he's in the first round conversation easily and that injury and Mm -hmm. age because essentially he's 25 years old is what's stopping him from having the first round grade that all the others are having currently. Absolutely. And like you said, there for for New England to be in the the conversation for those top guys it doesn't sound realistic right but going after some of these other players does however again with the Patriots there's a lot of expectations immediately for anyone who comes in there so will they have the patience to develop someone and say okay we need to develop someone or maybe they should just go find a veteran quarterback and say, okay, you can learn our, and, and develop from him. But either way, they need to do something that makes sense. And I don't think, for example, going back to Lamar, I don't think Lamar going to New England is going to make a lot of sense. I don't think they're going to give up what they need to give up to, to get him anyway. 
Yeah, a little cheap. Yeah, there. we're not hearing that there's any, <laughs> just a little cheap. And we're not hearing that there's interest, unfortunately, either, you know, from that matter. I mean, Lamar is probably just waiting for that phone to ring from somebody. But we've already heard New England is probably not going to be making that phone call. But as you said, I think, you know, what team is willing to wait for these quarterbacks to develop? As you look at the draft, what is a quarterback that you can immediately throw in that football field to make change? Because let's be honest, New England has some work to do, especially after last season. They're going to want to make a statement, want to make some noise. So again, you keep with Mac. Or as Rita mentioned, there's a lot of good quarterbacks coming out of this draft class you know which guy will be ready to step up but I think if I'm New England what are they the 14th pick right now I mean who will be available at that point in time I think that truly is going to matter Natasha absolutely yeah I, I'm interested to see if they I, I don't think that they're a team that moves up I think that they're a team that that stays before we let you go Tasha you are a big sure. NBA we talked about MVP. we talked MVP and if you had to choose right now who's your MVP pick Giannis, I don't even know why we're we're everybody squabble, squabbling over Embiid <laughs> or Jokic. Like, I'm, honestly, I'm so tired of hearing about those two. Like, it, Giannis <laughs> should be the MVP, absolutely hands down. And just so you guys know, they're winning it all again. Giannis is going to get the ring again. Okay, Ooh, I like the high statement. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. We truly appreciate you. Thank I'm you, Seth If you want to check Thank her you, out. Thank you, ladies. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. third baseman Anthony Rendon getting into it with a fan Kelsey he was originally suspended for five days they they moved it to four and he dropped his appeal yeah but you know I, listen I do not like when these fans do this I have a real big problem with fans right. thinking that they can get in any athlete's way because you know damn good and well that that athlete is in the gym three times a day and you on the couch <laughs> listen listen majority of your day but you know, Rendon, look, so I'm on the side. I understand Rendon's issue. Yeah. Rendon, I apologize. Yeah. You you can't, he, he, he can't do that. He can't do that at all. You, you can. And Rita, it's so hard to be the bigger person, but so often in life you have to be, especially when you're wor worth the amount of money that he is. You are the ball player. They came to see you. And somehow you have to put these blinders on. And let me tell you, I'm all for fans, you know, getting a good lesson because it just takes one good lesson or one good lick for somebody to learn, Rita. But again, he has too much to risk, too much to lose. Your team needs you. Just let it go. Let it go. Let that fan be. He's watching for a reason. Absolutely. And I apologize. It's Anthony Rendon. I, you know, Rendon, listen, yeah. he got me all riled up because I'm sick of the fans thinking that they can get <laughs> in the guy's face. Thank you so much, Kelly. Kelsey, for joining me. I'm Thank just you for having me. A blast, Rita. <laughs> I got you. I, I got you. Rita, it was I such a joy you. to have you. Yes. <laughs> Bye, guys. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.